What's up, guys? We're here for episode two of the Every Conversation Matters podcast. Um, I'm Dalton Mathis, and I'm joined by my good friend, Jack Mims, over here. How you doing? I'm doing so good, bro. I'm I'm so thankful we get to do this. Super hyped for episode two, bro. Me too, bro. Um, Before we just jump jump into it, I do want to say just thank y'all. For the support y'all have given us and the encouragement that y'all have reached out with, it's been, it's been, we've been blown away by the Lord's goodness through this already, and we can't wait to see what the days ahead give us. Um, Absolutely. And also, as always, we have to pour these truths into our own lives mm. every week, yeah. day by day. And this is not going to be a sermon. This is not going to be church, and this is not anything formal but this is just a conversation with two people who mm. love jesus and want to love others like jesus as well well said so if, before we get into today's topic and today's episode which is the importance of daily time with the lord mm. in word prayer and silence and solitude mm, which is going to be really good so exciting but our theme passage for this podcast uh, it's going to be Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So yeah. Today's topic is the importance of daily time with the Lord, and as always, we challenge y'all to get your Bibles out with us, turn to the pages, and take notes if you feel free. Mm. Just whatever you need to do to prepare to hear a word from the Lord, not from me or Jack, but from the Lord yeah. as we go through Scripture together. So Jack, as we're kind of diving into tonight's episode, or today's episode, wherever you're listening, <laughs> um, to you... Personally, why is daily time with the Lord so important and vital? Wow. So, it's really encouraging because where I'm at right now in my walk with the Lord, I feel like it is the furthest along I've been in terms of daily time with the Lord Hmm. and the increased understanding of its importance and just increased thankfulness for all that that you know, encompasses, like, spending time with the Lord daily. Um, it's just been a super big blessing recently, and just a passage that's been on my mind, um, that came to mind when we were planning this. Um, it's actually in my Instagram bio for a little bit, um, a little bit ago, but um, it's Psalm 1, um, verses 1 through 3. Um, so I'm going to read those real quick. Um, here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. Mm. Meditates. Wow. Meditates. God, that is so good. Oof. 
Yeah. Just, this kind of just boils down to a very simple point of if you're righteous, you delight in the law of the Lord. Mm. And if you're unrighteous, you don't. Um, and kind of it lays it out plainly here. When we, if we delight in the law of the Lord and meditate it on it day and night, um, it calls us blessed. Um, and when we do that, it says we were not going to desire to walk in the way of evil or, you know, take part in things that aren't going to, you know, honor God fully. And when we take a moment to really, like there was a, there's a quote in um, a book I'm going through with some buddies right now on the spiritual disciplines. And it says that um, being a Christian should be a priority, not a pastime. Mm. And that was mm. mega convicting for me this week. Absolutely. But I really, it boils down to like, am I truly delighting in the law of the Lord? Um, and I'm meditating on a day and night. That's that like, word meditated, like, it yeah. reminds me of John 15, mm. um, 1 through 5, like the whole abide thing. Right. Yes. It's like, yes. And yeah. If you don't abide in the word daily and on it all day, and, like, meditate on his word. Like, meditate, we think. Some Hindu word. Like, no. <laughs> meditate is, like... Right. You're so focused on that, like, thing you read in the morning. Or, mm-hmm. like, the word about today. It's, right. Like, that's so cool. It's so cool. Language. And it's, like, not a... Just a morning thing. But, like, if you meditate on it... Oh, I can't talk. If you meditate on it day and night, it's, like, a continuous thing. Like, it's not, like, a one-time occurrence you know that's just wild um and we can only you know grow in the way of sanctification through time spent with jesus in his word yeah because we can't you can't emulate a person that we don't number one spend time with or read about or learn about Mm. so yeah that's kind of my my answer my initial answer to that question yeah that's so cool yeah man but like I said earlier, day, like we're kind of going to break up daily time with the Lord in three areas. So the first is Word, what Jack just kind of went through. And I'm going to give a passage on the Word as well. It's going to be a John 1. And then we're going to go to prayer and then silence and solitude. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to read John 1, 1 through 14. I know this is a lot, but I really couldn't leave out any of this when I'm kind of prayer prayerfully went through and like this came to mind immediately when I thought about the word and time with the Lord in that Mm. so I'm going to read John 1 1 through 14 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning all things are created through him and apart from him no, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Mm. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. I mean, this is obviously the Gospel of John, and he's talking about how he was a disciple here. He came to a, he came as a witness to, test, to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He's talking about Jesus here. 
but he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, talking about himself, saying that he's not the true Messiah, but Jesus is the true Messiah. The true light that gives the light, that gives the light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the, and the world was not created for him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Again, talking about Jesus here. But to all who did not receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. Mm. Well, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or, the, or of the will of flesh, or the will of man, but of God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observe his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. We could have a whole episode on this so if we like really wanted to dive into this, because there's a lot of theological truth and why we can nitpick verse by verse in here. But kind of the main thing that stuck out to me when I was reading through this is the kind of beginning and the end here. In the beginning was the Word. So the Word of God has is like God. It's eternal. It always was, is, and always will be. So that's kind of point number one. And the Word was with God. Therefore, therefore <laughs> English, there we go. It was the Word of God. Right? He was with God in the beginning. Talk about Jesus here. And all things are created through Jesus Christ. So therefore, the words he said were also the words of God, because he was fully God and fully man. But the kicker here is 12, and like really verse 12 and 14. But to all who did not receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. We'll dive into that later. And verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the ideas that like really couldn't escape my mind when I was like praying through this and going through this. If you believe that Jesus Christ has truly transformed your life, mm, yeah. Because he was fully God, fully man. He came to dwell among us and fulfill the word and also teach the word through his parables and things like that. Then you should desire nothing more than to be in his word because he is the word. Right. Mm. Like if you if you say you love Jesus Christ with all your heart and aren't getting in his word daily, there's a disconnect somewhere. Like, my parents are married. They have been for 23 years now. And if my dad said that he loved my mom, but didn't take time to be with her, yeah, that like that obviously would not make any sense at all. Right. So, the main point is, if you say you love Jesus Christ with all your heart, but don't read His Word daily, like you said, we're just talking about somebody that we don't even know. Right. Because he's met, like, he's, mm. he's given us who he is fully in his word. Yeah. And we should dive into that daily, not just out of a, 
oh, I have to do this, but no, like, I, I literally get to. get to read the actual word of God. Yeah, wow. Like that, we should be filled with awe and wonder that sinners like us, who are born wretched and born into iniquity, who can't save ourselves because we're so unrighteous and so unholy, that through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we have the honor and privilege to know him deeper by the study of his word. Wow. Like, it is such an honor that we get to just open it up. I mean, think about people mm. across the world right now who are in, like, China or uh, up, um, 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 English, a mainly <laughs> Islam country. Yeah. They don't have the privilege of opening up a Bible every day. Right. And we take it so... For like, granted. Oof. Like, personally, I have, like, five or six Bibles because I like to have different translations. Mm-hmm. Right. Why there's some people who don't even have one, and yet they still have more faith than we do because they want to have the Word of God with them. Yeah. But yet, us in America, we have multiple Bibles, or we do have a Bible, and we just take it for granted that, like, oh, yeah, I have that. And it's the full Word of God, but yeah, I just don't read it. Mm-hmm. Like, how selfish of us to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I know it kind of went on rabbit trail there. But the main reason why we should be in his word is I want to read Isaiah 55 11 and bear with me here as I turn there this is like one of the coolest verses in the Bible personally I think and this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah and to the Israeli people um, and the Lord speaking through Isaiah to them it's Isaiah 55.11. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. Wow. Mm. Like, every time we read the word of God, it never returns void. Wow, yeah. Like, it's always for something. Like, I know we have seasons as believers, and I have them as well, where I feel like I'm a quiet time in reading of the Word, studying the Word, that, like, nothing's clicking in my brain. But that is so untrue. Every time I read the Word of God, it, mm-hmm. it we're sanctified by it. Yep. And we can see it or not. Yeah. Like, like over time, there will be, like, if we're disciplined in, like, spending time with Jesus, like, over time, there will be, like, imperceptible changes in our attitudes, thoughts, feelings, actions that are more sanctified than they were before mm. because the word has like the power to transform our lives and it will. We just got to be disciplined to be in it. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get into some excuses pretty soon, but sorry, I wanted to take that for a minute. Oh, you're good. Uh, as I'm looking at the scripture right here in Isaiah 55, I, I, I really think I should have read 6 through 11. So, to give some like context around the verse and why Jesus, um, the Lord is saying this through Isaiah. So, I'm going to pick up in um, Isaiah 55, 6 and read through 11 again. Seek the Lord 
while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked would abandon, let the wicked one abandon his way, and let the simple one his thoughts re- let him return to the Lord, so may, he may have full compassion on him to our God, for he will freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. For my thoughts, and my thoughts, than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fell from heaven, and did not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout, providing seed to snow and food to eat, and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and and will prosper in what I send it to do. Mm. I mean, verse 10 is such a beautiful picture of, like, practically what the Word of God does for us. Yeah. That rain does not fall to earth and, like, doesn't do anything. Like, it has a purpose. Like, it, it, it mm-hmm. literally grows something. Right. And persistent time in the Word over time will grow into something so beautiful mm. and so intimate that it will never return void because it is always watering our spiritual seed right? and it is always growing us into a deeper relationship with God mm. and I kind of had some other ideas here as well because if like I said, if we say we truly love Jesus with all our heart, and we we want to be in His Word because He literally is the Word and came to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy mm-hmm. about Him in the Word, then we should treat the Word like it is our oxygen, right? Because without it, like we 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 can't do anything. We can't do anything yeah. at all. His Word is our source for everything, and we should never lose the wonder and awe. That God became fully man and fully God, yeah, in Jesus, and gave us His Word, because the literal God of the universe gave us His Word. He didn't have to do it, but He wanted to. Mm. Yeah, it is an honor and privilege that we get to read it. And like, invite sinners, broken people. To me- like you said earlier, meditate on His Word daily. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think we go into that mindset all the time. That yes, the old has passed away, and the old and the new has come for those in Christ, and we're a new creation in that. But we we we're still sinners, right? And we still struggle with stuff. Mm. And yet, a perfect and holy God invites us to read the revelation of himself in his word. Mm-hmm. And I... That's wild. It's so beyond me. So beyond me. Because we shouldn't read it for information to find out more about him, but we should read his word for transformation. Mm. And I know, like you said earlier, like we're going to get into some excuses later of why we don't do some things, but I just want to read a, read a quote from A.W. Tozer. And when I, me and Jack read this, when we were planning this, um, this episode out, I was like, bro, 
This is so true, and it is so deep, and it convicted me wholeheartedly. Big conviction, for real. Hmm. Get ready, because this is... The Lord's about to convict all of us. This is a quote from A.W. Tozer. Whatever keeps me from my Bible is my enemy, however harmless it may appear to be. Mm. Mm. I know for me, that's probably the phone in the morning time. Yeah. Earthly desires and people would say that's probably not your enemy. Right. But when I go to check Instagram in the morning or my text messages before I get into the Word, then that is an enemy of God because it is keeping me from yeah, keeping His holy word. The word. Yeah, your email, mm. your text messages, um, a few extra minutes of sleep. Yeah. If you were up late last night, extra sleep didn't seem like a a bad thing, but is that sleep worth more than Jesus? Mm, come on. You know? Yeah. Speaking of myself, too, I've fallen into that some weekends ago. Like, I'm right, we're right there with y'all. Like, we're not, we don't, we're not perfect. Like, and we're we, never going to pre- profess We're never going to profess to be, exactly. Yeah. Like, this last weekend, or two weekends ago, I, I valued sleep more than the word. And the more I, the more I, you know, live life, I'm only 20, but, um, the longer I wait to do it, if I don't make it first, it's just going to get pushed to the end of the day. Mm. Or at all. Yeah. Um, because we know ourselves. Yeah. And you, like, you should know how you operate as well and mm-hmm. get into the word. Right. But yeah. Oof. So that so that's the word. I know that was like a lot of information very quickly. So we do promise you. Well, we not promise. <laughs> I was like, what, what are we promising? <laughs> we do encourage y'all. There we go. Um, to get to the word with us, to look up Psalm one, and then to read John one one through fourteen later, and study it for yourself as to why you should be in the Word of God daily. We're going to transition into the second part of daily time with the Lord, and that's prayer. So, Jack, if you want to read Philippians 4, 4 through 7 for us. Yeah. All right, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. I'm reading from the ESV. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is such a such a comforting verse, or verses rather. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of just taking, you know, studying for this this section on prayer. I'm just kind of reflecting over my experience recently. Um, something that was said at uh, at Mars a long time ago. I don't remember when it was, but. Um, I think Rusty said once, it's like, um, God is the God of the infinitely big and the infinitely small. Um, and he cares about every single little detail of your life. Yeah. Like, yes, he made galaxies and yes, he made the world. Um, but he cares about, he cares about our hearts and he mm. cares about, um, you know, 
even something so insignificant as like, I feel lonely, like I haven't talked to this friend in a while. Like that seems like kind of whatever. And we kind of brush it off like, oh, it'll get better or whatever. But he cares about little things. He cares about like, if we, you know, if we, like tonight, if I like didn't play to my best ability, like if I wasn't pleased with my performance, like he cares about that. Like he cares for our hearts, um, yeah. no matter how small we think it is. And um, I think it's in First Peter, yeah, First Peter five seven. Cast all your birds upon the water because he, he cares because for you. Because he cares for you. Yeah, and so I encourage, we encourage y'all who are listening. Um, if you come up to one of us or come up to somebody else who say it's not that big of a deal, I don't want to talk about it. It's not a big deal. I mean, it is to Jesus. Mm. Like, mm. and it is to us too. Um, like, no, nothing small is like, is like the Lord's not, that's too small. I don't care for that. Like, he is able and willing to take every single burden we have and listen to them and mm. bear them with us. Oh my gosh, or for us rather. Um, mm. Oh, it's the coolest. Um, and kind of I want to focus on, we're going to have a prayer episode um, later. So during this kind of section, I'm going to focus more on in the context of meeting with Jesus in the morning um, or whenever you meet, we, I kind of, we kind of encourage you in the morning. Um, we're going to get into that maybe later, but kind of some prayers that I want to throw out there that are okay to pray um, that I've been praying a lot recently. Okay. Um, is I'm distracted or I don't understand. Uh, yeah. And I feel like we have to, sometimes the temptation to come to Jesus in the morning, we have to be like ready to go, fully energized, like totally focused, mm-hmm. not a, like only focused on the Lord, like only focused on the word, like nothing in the world is on our minds, like everything's taken care of. But there's been many days this week where I'm like, Jesus, I am distracted. I kind of don't want to do this right now um uh, and then there may be a passage i'm like okay that was kind of whatever i don't really understand what not necessarily what that means because commentaries are a very helpful tool but more like how does that apply to me like i see like i see the application of it like back then but i just don't understand like what that means for me now and he's there for those prayers too he's not only there for this was so great jesus thank you for showing me all this you're great i totally understand all my attendance on you. He's something that we talked about at a, at a conference a few days ago at UM was the concept of humility. Um, and there's just such a, um, importance on approaching prayer in our time with the Lord, um, in a state of humility, um, and kind of a practice that me and Dalton do, um, is that we open our hands when we pray. Um, as a kind of like receiving what the Lord has and letting go. Like if you compare a clenched fist to an open hand, um, like the open hand symbolizes letting, letting everything go, giving God our all, giving him our distractions, our worries, um, laying it down at the foot of the cross and know that he's worth it. Um, whether we feel like it or not. Um, so yeah, um, I think don't you're going to go into Hebrews, uh, four sixteen, I think. Yeah, and I'm just kind of building off of this. Forgive me, I can't remember like the actual reference right now, but I know it's in Romans. Mm. And like, kind of 
you were saying about just the different prayers that like you gave examples of. Right. Like just be real with the Lord. Mm. Be authentic with him. Yep. Like the verse I was kinda of gonna reference is uh, he already knows what's in our heart. But yet when we don't know what to pray, the spirit will take over. That's a Ooh, paraphrase. That's, so good. that's yeah. not a direct quote. Please right. do not quote me on that. Yeah. But it is in Romans. I can't remember right where right now, but please go look it up. Like the Lord is so sovereign and he knows our hearts, he knows our minds, and he knows us so deeply and so intimately mm. that he knows what's on our hearts before we even say a word. Yet he invites us into his throne room to tell him what's on our heart. Yeah, and he knows it, yeah. obviously, because he knows everything, but the fact that he wants us to talk to him. Mm. And, like, he wants a relationship. Like, when we say he's a jealous God, it's not, like, I always wonder what that meant. I'm like, that makes zero sense. So I kind of just didn't think about it. Because I was like, jealous is a bad thing. <laughs> what does that um, mean for God? But the fact that he loves us so much, and he knows that he has our best interest at heart, and he knows that everything he does is for our good and his glory, when we willingly put ourselves under the authority of things that he has given us authority over, such as, like, well, I guess just sin. Um, But just, like, not putting him first. He's like, I want, I love you so much. Like, when we say he's a jealous God, he wants us. And his glory is what he desires. Like, that's the only reason we're here, is to give him glory. And that's just wild to think about. Um, that, That the relationship he craves, even though he knows everything about us already. Yeah. But he invites us into that. That's just so cool. That is so crazy how you brought up like the Lord being jealous for us because I'm in Joel right now for my quiet time. Ooh, we love Joel, bro. And mm. Joel chapter two verse nineteen. The Lord answered his people. No, wait. <laughs> Wrong verse. Verse eighteen. Sorry. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and spared his people. By the analogy that my study Bible and my commentary both had in it is like, no, jealous is not like an envy thing from the Lord. Right. Right. But the Lord being jealous for us is like a a, um, a groom looking over his bride wanting no harm to come to her mm. and loving her so deeply that he is just wants to protect her at all costs. Right. Like, that's, that's what so we talk good. about when, when we talk about like, God being jealous for us. So for my prayer scripture, I'm going to be in, in Hebrews 4, verse 16. Hebrews 4, 16. Here we go. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that way so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Whoa. That's very deep. Yeah. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and rising on the third day to give us an eternal hope in his resurrection. Think about this. We have a direct line to the God of the universe 
God the Father. God Almighty. That's wild. That's so crazy, bro. Like, as the sacrificial atonement mm. that Jesus Christ made on the cross, the perfect Lamb of God who was crucified, who took on the sins of this world, past, present, and future sins of this world, that through that perfect sacrifice and atonement that was made, we have a direct line to God the Father through Jesus Christ. And because of this very truth, we get to approach the throne of grace with confidence. Yeah. Like, how stupid of us to be timid in prayer. Oof. Ooh. Come on. And that is... That's good. So beyond... Like, it's dumb that Mm -hmm. we don't approach prayer confidently. Not the Lord. Even even in a repentative yeah, yeah, yeah. and sinful confessing prayer, we can still approach it confidently because it is literally a throne of grace. Mm. It is literally a throne of grace because of what Jesus Christ has done. Yeah. But yet we... Like, why aren't we confident in prayer? Oof. And I know that, like, we're probably going to dive into that in our prayer episode. Right. But that gives you a question to chew on. But, yeah. And I'm going to read a quote, another quote by Thomas Watson. Mm. And God, I know this quote goes hard, bro. It, 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 it is so good. Tonight's with the quotes. Mm. The quotes. The quotes for the win tonight. But, yeah. And this is not scripture. Like, quote drops with not scripture. And we're right. not saying that. But this is going to give us a better understanding into what this passage is telling us. Jesus, this is a quote by Thomas Watson. Jesus Christ went more willingly to the cross than we do to the throne of grace. Dang. Wow. Because in Hebrews 12, 2, verses 1 and 2 in Hebrews 12, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know every word of the verses, but we should look to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. Because of the joy, think about this, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Mm. Like, he endured all of that pain and suffering and just outright wrath of God that was put on him on the cross. He endured that more willingly than we do to pray when we don't have to do anything to deserve to go go into prayer. Yeah. Like, wow. But it's literally, like, like it's, it's 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 a throne of grace. Like, we don't deserve to do it, but we have the honor and privilege to do it because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. Well. Man. Like, we should, like, prayer and the word should be the two things we desire most to do. Right. Because of grace. Like, it's not a legalistic thing at all. Right. 
But if you say you truly love Jesus Christ with all your heart, then you have no choice but to do it. Yep. Because he's truly transformed your life. Yep. And you're going to want to be in his word, and you're going to want to be in constant communication with him. One of the things that I'm kind of a big proponent on is it should be dear Jesus in the morning, it should be amen at night. Yeah. It should be dear Jesus when we wake up. The first minute we open our eyes, we should be in prayer. And then right before we go to bed, it should be amen. Yeah. I mean, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing. Yep. Yep. And not that's not just an eyes closed on our knees before the Lord. That's not what he's saying. It's being a constant communication when a thought or something comes to our mind. To be like, Lord, take this from me, or Lord, I give this to you. That's what it means to be in prayer constantly. Because no matter what I'm feeling, whether I'm on a spiritual mountaintop or a spiritual low point or valley in my life, I have access to God the Father, and I can approach the God of the universe with boldness. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's so cool. Because he invites his children into an intimate relationship with him. Because prayer never fails. Right. If like if you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling right now, Lord, I mean trust me, like I've been there. Yeah. But if I can encourage you with anything, like prayer absolutely never fails at all. Oh absolutely. Because it goes straight to the Father through Jesus Christ. Hmm. Because it's the throne of grace. Based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Yeah. Hmm. So now we're going to kind of transition into our silence yeah. and solitude. Our last little section. Section of Bringing it home. Daily time with the Lord. We're, I know this is like a lot of information. We probably could have broke this up into three separate episodes, but we couldn't leave this last little part out because me and Jack have seen this in our own personal lives of how the Lord's used this practice and spiritual discipline in our lives. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to hit it off with uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Um, I'll read that right now. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. So, this is kind of inspired by a John Mark Homer sermon that we listened to last week. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these thoughts um, came from him. So we're going to give credit where credit's due, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just wanted to, they radically changed our thinking in terms of this, so we just wanted to bring yeah. it to y'all. Um, so yeah, the fact that just a kind of an overarching theme is like the more Jesus was serving and more that he was pouring out into people, the more he had to, you know, go back by himself and spend time with the Lord yeah. and be by himself, which is also really, um, really challenging in today's society because this last week was kind of a testament for me. My like it's probably the busiest week I've had to, at at school this year, this semester rather. I mean, they were all good things. It's just my whole day was like 
every event ran into the next one, and they were all like a few hours each, and I was just going so many different directions, um, and just it was all great, all good things. It's just the fact that he invites us to like that's just all the more like reason for us to spend that much more time with him alone. Yeah, because the the more we pour out, like we can't just keep pouring out because we're gonna run out. Um. So yeah, just what we're gonna kind of go into is that if Jesus had to spend time with the Lord by Himself, like why do we think that we don't have to? Yeah. Um, because we're like you know quote so busy. Um, and that's true. Um, but and that some uh, are different seasons. I mean, the seasons are different for everybody, but um, kind of a majority of the people, um, based off of some statistics, are college kids. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, busyness is, it's its a constant, guys. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's either. not a bad thing. But when we serve out of our flesh and what we can do, mm. and not, you know, like you say, Dalton, like starting our day at the feet of Jesus, Yeah. everything, like, because if we start our day at the feet of Jesus, everything is going to flow out of that time. Yeah. And flow out of that humility and release. But the moment we choose to not do that, everything done after that is out of our flesh and what we can accomplish, Um, which is very convicting for me. But kind of going back to the Jesus in the wilderness passage, um, there's another quote by Wayne Cordero. Um, This is crazy. Solitude, kind of the difference between solitude and isolation is what this is. Um, solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Mm. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the first. Wow. Because I was always like, okay, silence and solitude, that means I have to be quiet by myself. Um, in a we, sense... There, there is some truth to that. There, in a sense, that's correct, but the difference between like isolation, like separating yourself, because it's kind of weird because... I don't know, like feelings of loneliness creep in at the drop of a hat based off of like very insignificant seeming things in life sometimes. Um, But now solitude is different from that in that we choose solitude and we know we're doing it for the refreshment and refinement of our souls to come closer to Jesus. Um, And when we, you know, neglect willingly choosing to be alone with Jesus, Mm. we'll fall into the lies that, you know, that can just ensue of serving out of our flesh. Dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. I was going to save this for later, but you're just like all over this quote by John Mark Homer. <laughs> this, like, whoa. Without quiet, we remain a slave to our fears and fleshly desires. Oof. Because our core spiritual problem is actually self-will. Hmm. Man, that's good. Whew. But so, in other words, without that, without that silence, and mm. and with that intentional time, just resting in His presence, without that, we remain in our sin and we remain out of our own flesh and we remain in what 
our fears may be or we remain and going throughout our day doing it of our own strength and still slaves to what we feel on the inside of fears and what you desire those that are ultimately sin. Yeah. Whew. Man, that's so good. Thank you for thank you for adding that. That was good. Um kinda kinda building more off of the previously established point of Jesus in the wilderness, kinda just kinda using this as the home base in the discussion of silence and solitude. Um, um a little Greek lesson for y'all. I've been really into the Greek and Hebrew recently. Um I highly recommend that. It's a, it's, it's a challenge for sure. I, I've i never done it until just recently. Um, but in case you didn't know, the Bible was originally not written in English. Um, <laughs> just wanted to cover that. So a lot of the words, you know, sometimes sometimes we can get pretty close. Like obviously the Bible is, you know, is good. We don't have to read it in Hebrew to understand it fully. But there are some words in the Greek and the Hebrew that... Um, Technically the Old Testament is in Hebrew. Yeah, New right. Testament correct, 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 correct. So, so this will be Greek, what I'm going to go into, but no, just side note. Um, there's some words that are in Hebrew that we can't really describe in English. Um, so it's kind of worth your time to go and look some of those up. Blue Letter Bible is a great resource, by the way. Yes, Blue Letter Bible is fantastic. Fantastic. I recommend. So anyway, uh, so the word here for wilderness is eremos in the Greek, um, and that means either wilderness, desert, Desolate, solitary, lonely, um, anything like that. And there's a thing I wrote in here um, is that we're so addicted to the distraction and don't like, you know, also they call this, you know, the wilderness or the lonely place. Mm. Um, Jesus went to the lonely place. Mm. That is, that um, is so deep. And the fact that we're addicted to distraction and don't like the lonely place because we are not choosing it for refinement. We only go there after we rely on our flesh. And we're burnt out. And we're burnt out. Yo. Yeah. That is... So Yo, true. that hit me for real. Mmm. Dang. Let me read that again. We're addicted to distraction and don't like the lonely place because we are not choosing it for refinement. Because we, because we know when we go there, we're going to be sanctified and we're we're going to... Why the world is going to change us and root out everything that's not of him in us in that place. Mm. God. But like Jesus leaned in to the lonely place. Like the fact that he was at his spiritually strongest after 40 days of fasting because he was literally only relying on the word of God. He didn't have a phone. He didn't have a phone. He, <laughs> he didn't, didn't have an email. <laughs> Obviously, we can't just ignore our duties of life. Um, just be alone with Jesus all day. Um, we can't just we can't do that. But it is we're gonna. There's a I don't know who this is from. Whoever said this quote, your credit's given here. But it's kind of a paraphrase too. But like Sabbath and like we can get into Sabbath later. But you know, silence and solitude. We're gonna have to work for that, so we can then work out of that rest. Because we're not just going to happen upon a free day. Yeah. And it may not even be a free day. Because there's some weeks I can't. I have something on the schedule every day. Whether it's small or big. Um, but just setting aside a day to either not do homework. Or not do laundry. Or do anything. I don't know. I don't know. 
whatever is like a mundane, strenuous task, just taking a break from that and realizing that when your priorities are set as Jesus first, or not even Jesus first, Jesus at the center, because that's how that works. Mm, yeah, It's not a list with Jesus at the top, because that would mean he's like comparable to earthly things. Mm, come on. Um, but mm. Jesus is the center of the diagram and everything flows from him. Um, but I don't know. Everything seems to fall into place. That's not prosperity gospel. Um, but when we set our priorities, Jesus is like, okay, you've chosen the better portion. Like, you're, you've chosen me first. Dude, that is so good. Like, I'm, I'm just visualizing this, this graph in my brain and with Jesus and his time in the middle, work, school work, friends, family, like, whatever you do throughout your day is a little bit fueled by that time that, that's right. in the middle. Right. Mm, that is so good. So good. So I'm going to be in Matthew 14, 22, and 23. And to give a little context here, this is like after Jesus had, has uh, fed the 5,000. I mean, as you can imagine, he's probably very tired, physically exhausted, right. mentally exhausted, spiritually exhausted. From that time, I mean, it was obviously probably a couple hours, and there was a lot of people who were, de- who were dependent on him that day. But I'm going to read Matthew 14, 22, and 23, knowing that context. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up, onto the mountaintop by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Wow. After an exhausting day, Jesus' literal first response was to be alone with the Father to pray. His immediate first response. First response. Not to scroll on Instagram, or to take a nap, or anything. Not those things are inherently wrong, but his, the fact that his first initial response was to meet with the Father through prayer. Wow. Like, One example. Like, at the, at the peak of his busyness, at the peak of his exhaustion, at the peak of him probably literally running on fumes. Yeah. He said... Time with the Father in silence right now is more important than sleep, or more important than whatever else is going on in my life right now. Like, if Jesus Christ needed more alone time with the Father at the peak of his busyness, why do we think that we do not need it? Oof. Mm. Like, alone, quiet time through prayer with the Father is so needed but yet oftentimes throughout our busyness of our day we just say oh I'll get to it no like Jesus Jesus Christ himself while he was living on this earth living the way he did as followers of Christ we should emulate the way of Jesus Christ like he, he multiple times throughout his day he went to go be alone with the Father it's all throughout scripture I mean, think of the Garden of Gethsemane 
before he gets crucified. Oh, yeah. I mean, why do we think that we don't need a long time with the Father? It is, like, again, not a legalistic thing, but we should want to be alone with the one we love the most. Ooh, that's good. If you, like, you have to spend time with him one-on-one to know him. Right. You can't love someone fully if you listen. Like you said, like what we said earlier, you can't love someone or say you love them if you don't spend time with them. Wow. A long time with the Father in complete silence, not blocking out all external distractions and as much as our brain allows us, the internal as well. That complete silence and a long time in His presence is where we hear from Him, where we grow from grow from hearing Him, and where we are enabled to live our walk with Jesus because that time should fulfill all of what we do throughout our day. There's a reason why it's called a walk with Jesus and not a run. Not a run. Mm. Like, take time with Him. Take Get to time. know Him. And spend a long time with Him one-on-one. Not that Bible studies are not great. Not no, absolutely that not. being poured into by other people are yeah, not yeah, great. Yeah. But there's, some, there's just something about one-on-one time with the Father in His Word, in prayer, and in silence that trumps all others. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you haven't got it by now, being in his word and studying it and being in prayer, which is constant communication with the Father, and then silence and solitude, which is just making him priority and resting quietly in his presence. All three of these are vital practices of following Jesus Christ. And this is normally where we would kind of give our application advice of how to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But honestly, like, you, like, these are practices and there's nothing to it but to do it. The facts. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I would encourage you all, if you haven't already, to do make time with the Lord a very top priority at the center of your life. Like, do it now. Make it that. <laughs> make him your priority. Yeah. Don't like the president. If you're gonna do, which you should, if you say you love Jesus Christ with your heart, then you should do this. But do it in the morning. Start your day at the feet of Jesus. Yep. Yep. Because you're gonna be less tempted from the enemy, and you're gonna be fulfilled and poured into by His Word and prayer. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be at peace because you started your day at the feet of Jesus Christ. Right. That is that is probably the one thing I would say. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Yeah. Because at night, I don't know. For anything like me, when I'm at night, I just I, I get I get drowsy. Um, obviously, because I'm about to go sleep. And I know for me, this is me. Um, if I do it at the end of the day. That means that everything else is done, and that's the last thing on my to-do list. Like, 
I'm done with everything, so now I can spend time with Jesus. Like, no, it needs to be, I have all these things to do, yes, but I'm going to meet with Jesus first. It's more important. It's more important. And, of course, reading your Bible at all is better than not reading it at all. But I feel like we've made it quite clear that it's just drastically important to start your day at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the first episode. I mean, second. Second, bro. Yeah, this is the second. I don't know what I was thinking. Brain fart there, but. So, yeah, that wraps up our second episode. And if you've stuck with us this long, I know it's been a longer episode, and we do apologize for that. We're going to try to keep them between 30 and 40 minutes. But there's just so much to unpack in in this week's episode. And we just thank you all for sticking with us. Like always, we do encourage you all to go back and study the scriptures we have gone over and to study them for yourselves and to dive into this week's topic of a daily important time with the Lord um, through his word and through prayer, and then through silence and solitude. Yeah. So, yeah, we thank y'all. You're prayed for daily. We love y'all. Absolutely. We just don't say that. We really do mean that. Yep. And if you please, if you ever have any questions for me or Jack, or you need prayer needs, or you see anything, please reach out to us. Uh, we have our Instagram, and it's E period, C period, M period podcast. We'd love to connect with y'all. I mean, as y'all, if you do follow our page, and you saw one of, our, one of our listeners be posted the other day, mm-hmm. and how she felt that what she got a takeaway from last week's episode, and then next week, we're so very excited to have our campus pastor Jared Beria with us. It's gonna be a fire, oh, PJ, very fire episode on how to study your Bible. Super so, yeah. exciting, bro! Can't wait. So yeah, Jack, do you have anything else to add? Again, incredibly thankful for you. Thankful for all y'all. Um, if you see us at school, all UN people at least, um, hit us up. Talk yeah. to us. We'd love to get to know you if we've never met. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're super thankful for y'all. Um, tell us how you liked it. Be honest. We know we're not perfect, and we're always striving to make this more accessible to y'all. Um, but just know that y'all, like you said, y'all are prayed for daily. Um, yeah. We, we love do, y'all. We do care. We do care a lot. Because he first loved us. Amen. So we're going to love y'all. First John 3.16. Come on. So. All right, y'all. We love y'all. Love y'all. Y'all have a great week or day whenever you're listening. Um. So, yeah. Thank y'all for sticking through this longer episode. We do apologize for that, but there was just so much to unpack. So to catch us next week on episode three of How to Study Your Bible. Peace. Deuces.